Hey, I want to dance with somebody. This is Dirt and Sprague. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. Hmm? Andy Dirt Johnson. Step up, son. You're two pounds heavier than when you came to camp, but we can fix that. All we have to do is decrease his food intake and increase his metabolic output. All right, step up the scale, son. Muscle weighs more than fat. And Brandon Sprague. Seven-minute abs. And we guarantee just as good a workout as the eight-minute folk. If you're not happy with the first seven minutes, we're going to send you the extra minute free. See, that's it. That's our motto. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Maybe at the end of the show, we'll both take our clothes off, you, Armani, and me, mine, and we'll just give it to the audience. What do you think? The Fan. Hey, let's do this final hour Dirt and Spray here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan 99.5 HD2 The Odyssey app. I forgot about that one. Got to pay respect to the goat Richard Simmons. <laughs> Heavyweights is such a classic, man. Such oh, a classic. if I ever had a, a situation where I got to talk with Ben Stiller, that's all I would want to ask him about. I, and I know, and I think it would throw him off. And you know, obviously, you pub his new projects, but I would truly spend at least twenty to fifteen minutes just talking about the movie Heavyweights. <laughs> With Ben Stiller, because it's an underrated flick that he did, and it was early in his career, too. Yes, it was. On the line is the host of You Better You Bet, Odyssey Sports betting insider Ken Barkley. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Also, be sure to listen to the You Better You Bet podcast for more of Ken Barkley's analysis. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast. At Lockie Lockerson on Twitter is Groundhog Day, a top five Bill Murray movie of all time. I think it's like a top one whoa. Bill Murray movie what? of all time. Whoa. I mean, I just, uh, what? What's uh, what's like your top three right now? Give me like a top three. I mean, both Ghostbuster movies are better than Groundhog's Day. I mean, I still Stripes got Caddy, Caddyshack. Stripes both is better than Groundhog's Day. I mean. Caddyshack can definitely be better than Groundhog Day. I think that's okay. Yeah. Stripes can definitely be better than Groundhog Day. Like, reasonable people can have that argument. I don't know <laughs> if I'm like locking in both Ghostbusters for sure as better. Like, really? Lost? Like, Ghostb- Ghostbusters 2 is on... T- there are two channels on your television. Yeah. All the other channels are shut off. So this yeah. is, like, what Netflix is trying to do, basically. So you have two channels. Yeah. Uh, one is showing Ghostbusters 2. One is showing Groundhog Day. You're definitely going on channel A? Really? So, I mean... Okay, so my options would be Bill Murray... Who was Murray. the guy in the painting? What was his name? Igor? Igor. Igor. Uh, so, I'm, yeah. so my two options here, Ken, are I either get... Bill Murray reliving the same day over and trying to dupe a woman into loving him, which eventually after like 10 minutes becomes old, but they keep doing it for another 30 minutes. Oh, you're so disparaging. Or <laughs> condescending commentary. Or I get... Like, it's like Citizen Kane. And it's like, yeah, this stupid sled, and the guy's just like yearning for it. Who or... It's like, or it's the best movie of all time. Or I get... <laughs> Super horny, panting Sigourney Weaver or this State Puffed Marshmallow Man. Like, this I think I know where I'm going so with Basically, my you're a 10-year-old. Basically, you're like a 10-year-old. That's what you're saying. That's when I saw like, these I could, movies. I could, I could get, like, some really remarkable insight into the human experience, or I could look at hot Sigourney Weaver and a marshmallow. The human I experience. I could do you're, a deep, you're a deep thinker with some of these movies. Ken Barkley's deep, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm a grown-up. It's called being a grown-up. <laughs> yeah. Can we go deep with Ken now? What? What? Let me ask you this. <laughs> Can we go deep? With... I think that's a new name of the segment i think we yeah. got a new title going deep uh yeah. let's let's go deep with gambling so i you know i want to hold some of our super bowl stuff for next week because this is a, like weird awkward week where yeah. it's everybody wants to talk about the super bowl but you don't want to talk about the super bowl because you don't want to fire your load off too early and we got to hold it for next week what is the sport that ken barkley enjoys gambling on the most and i don't know if it's the nfl or not so if it isn't you can go that number one but if it is the nfl then what's number two 
I mean, am I, am I allowed to include like everything? Everything. Season long, season long stuff too. Everything. Like any, mar- any market. Any anything you want, Tim Barkley. Yeah. I love awards. I love all award markets because really? they're really dumb. They're just like really <laughs> dumb. Uh, it's trying to handicap really subjective human behavior. Like what are, what is this group of, I was going to call them names. What is this group of voters going to do when handed like all of this information? Like, what are they going to do? So I'll give you an example of one that's going on right now. That's like really interesting. So the sixth man of the year award in the NBA is like a particularly stupid award because if you're like really good, then you don't, then you don't come off the bench anymore and then you can't win. So it's like, you have to be good enough that you can win, but you can't be good enough that you're like actually good, that you like break the starting lineup. So it's like, in that way, it's kind of a silly award, but Russell Westbrook is the favorite for this award. He's been the favorite basically since like week three of the season when they, uh, the Lakers moved into that role. Right. And what you're basically your task is when you handicap this is you have to figure out like, okay, so in the history of the award, it never goes to a player on a bad team and the Lakers are awful. And it basically like always goes to someone who's like definitely like meaningfully contributing to team success. It's like, would be like a good way to put it, which Westbrook is also not doing. He's like usually a negative on court player this year, less so, but like, he's like, he didn't play in the in the final five minutes of the game in an overtime against the Celtics on Saturday. He was on the bench for that part of the game, which kind of tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> so, like, what you have to figure out is, are voters going to be like, well, yeah, sure, but, like, he's Russell Westbrook. So, like, let's vote him anyway because he's, like, this big name, and it's like, you know, who else am I going to vote for? Or are they going to kind of do what they always do, which is vote for somebody on a really good team? Like, that's your exercise. None of that has to do with like, well, I'm betting this point spread because I think this guy is going to, it's like you're, you're trying to literally handicap humans and like what they're going to do. And like, are they going to be dumb? Like, are they like when Westbrook won MVP, like they're a they're terrible team, like actively stole rebounds from his teammates to inflate his statistics. Like, but you have to figure out, like, I don't know. I think they're going to get, I think they're going to get tricked. I think they're going to get tricked by this. I mean, honestly, Aaron Judge winning AL MVP, anybody winning MVP over Otani is like kind of the same thing. Like, oh, hits a lot of home runs. I got to vote for him. But like, you could figure that out. You could figure out that people were going to get tricked by that right. and like vote for that player when Otani's like a better player. So it's not that like I'm, it's not sour grapes. Like, I think Judge, I always thought Judge was going to win because I thought voters were going to vote for him. So it's like different in that way. Than like trying to figure out who's going to win a game. Interesting. Uh, can I can I go back to the movie thing because you did say something uh, despite okay. despite our differences on Bill Murray. By the movies. way, it's v- uh, listeners have correct. It's yeah. Vigo. Vigo. Okay. I think is the guy in the Vigo. painting. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, d- despite it, I mean, we both agree we like Bill Murray. Like, that's a commonality. We can Absolutely. share that passion. Oh, of course. In modern times, you got to find common ground. We do, and the common ground yeah. is there. You right. you said though like the meaning of the movie, and I. I'm always interested because I we do like talking about non-sports things with you because your day is probably just filled with not only you better you bet stuff, but then getting off the air and texting and, hey, Ken, what do you think? Hey, Ken, should I lay a bet? Like, if that's your day, let's break you away from sports here, especially this week. <laughs> what do you mean when you say you watch Groundhog's Day for the deeper meaning? What is the deeper meaning when you watch the movie Groundhog's Day for you? Oh, man, that's like a really, really good question. Um, I think it like forces all of us to confront the idea of like living with no regrets. 
And like, if we could do, like, if we could go back and do something over again, what would we do? So like in the movie, he does like hilarious things over and over. He tries to kill himself a bunch of times. (laughs) And I know that doesn't sound funny, but it is. And then, you know, he like goes to the, like the bowling alley, picks up the guys and they drive on the train tracks with the ground, he steals the ground dog. He like does all this stuff. But like all of that, even though all of it's very funny and like, you're kind of like, just like laughing the whole time, she like points to the idea of like living with no regrets. Like what if you did that in your everyday life, not steal a groundhog and drive on the train tracks. But like, (laughs) what if you like, like when you thought about it, what if you like went for it basically in some kind of like macro sense, like whether that's romantically, whether that's like at your job, Mm. whether that's leaving your job to do something else that you really want to do, which I know a lot of people think about all the time. Um, you know, just like, what if you like went for it and then like lived life without regrets? What would happen in that situation? And he's basically, he gets to do that because he has a safety net because he knows he's just going to wake up the next day. It's going to be the same day. So like, I can go for it. I can take extreme risks because like I have that safety net. Obviously we don't have that safety net. So like, what would you do with no safety net? You know what yeah. they call that? Going deep with Ken. Well, I mean, I, right. I, I, I think Ken's making so a good, that's yeah. a, it's not a good for point. Definitely not for 10 year olds. Yeah, so. <laughs> no marshmallows, no marshmallows or yeah, like nothing. No, no, you know, it's just, Oh, like an attractive woman in a marshmallow. Well, I mean, I just, you know, Mr. Gorney Weaver how is I, hot. How though. could I watch anything else? Well, yeah, I think, I think she, she also happens to be a really good actress. But yes, like, she's great. So she's a great she actress. Is, and it's got yeah. Rick Moranis, like yeah. Canadian's favorite son. Like, I think yeah. bring, you're bringing up a good point though, of, of finding the deeper meaning. Like, People would laugh at this, but that's I, I kind of take deep meanings away from the movies John Wick. You know what I mean? Like, we can watch kind of anything and have deep meanings to movies. Sure. Like what's your meaning? What's your deep meaning what's for John the, what's Wick? What's the deep meaning of John Wick? Yeah. Was, yeah, uh, like, loneliness and companionship. Don't, then, don't sure. kill a guy's dog. The, no, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the plot, but... Uh, You basically just describe like what happens in the movie. It's like, oh, like what do you take away from John Wick? Like uh, shooting people and walking. uh, Sure, yeah, like on the service level, the dog is killed, and now there's vengeance. But like, it's 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 companionship and it's wanting of love and partnership and loneliness, loneliness, isolation, living in isolation, but having somebody there to still support you and and and. You know, you cherish that person and fighting for relationships that matter. Like, I feel like I'm back in an AP English class. What did the yeah, book really mean? Feel like that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. we're gonna read. We're gonna read Jane Eyre. Right? Let's, let's, let's be read great. between yeah. the lines. Okay? What, what is your favorite movie of all time? Ooh, I so I. You know, people have asked me this before. I was at a terrible. I always like don't have an answer, which yeah. is kind of a terrible answer. <laughs> That's a tough question, um, though. I like. You know, I'll give you. Can I give you like a, a director? Like, so it's like this guy's uh, David Fincher movies are like my favorite movies in general. So, uh, Social Network, yeah. Seven, oh. uh, the, ga- the Game with Michael Douglas, which is like an incredibly Boy, underrated movie. These are all good movies, um, yeah. Yeah, this is like the David Fincher catalog. Gone Girl, didn't he do Gone Girl? That was an okay movie, that was pretty good. Yeah, Gone Girl was so, like, interesting. Yeah, I mean like, it's, look, there's not, we're not going to have a 100% hit rate, just like people who like Tarantino. Sure. I mean, they'll tell you they like all the movies, but like there's no way they like all the movies. Uh, so like, you know, that I'd say like that, there's a filmmaker that I really like. I always, growing up, A Few Good Men was like always the movie that I would watch when it was on TV all the time. Mm. I could definitely quote like the entire movie. It's a Sorkin stuff, which yeah. is funny because that, that's Social Network too, which one of the reasons that's one of my favorite movies because it's Fincher and Sorkin together, which is just like incredible. Um, but Sorkin's like West Wing, A Few Good Men, American President. Mm-hmm. Um, the newsroom is an absolutely atrocious television show, but he's almost like a parody of himself. He's like a parody of himself at that point. Hot it's day. like it's like all the all the writing and all the pace. Like it's the pace is the same, but the content is so far fetched. 
Like I just, there's people have retweeted scenes from this the show before, and it's just like, what? None of this would ever happen in real life. And the point of the show is to be realistic. Yeah. Like how it's like when that's your goal. Like this isn't Ghostbusters, right? You can't like say something like in Ghostbusters. Yes, we suspend disbelief because you know there are ghosts, so you would suspend disbelief. But with with the newsroom, it's kind of supposed to be like loosely based on reality, and it, it's completely ridiculous. I, I I like Sorkin, but. The thing about I like about Sorkin is how well he writes, but how incredibly unrealistic the dialogue is. Like the oh, social no network, one talks like that. nobody I talks like to. that. I try to talk like that. Like I talk really fast. I tend to be pretty witty when I talk. Like I am, I'm you know, like no one can achieve a Sorkin level of writing and how they talk in real life. But let's say like a ten is like you actually talk like they do in the cross examination of a few good men, which no one would ever talk like. Um, I think I'm like a seven. I think I like I can get there sometimes okay. with maybe like like peaks that get to the eight nine range, and but the problem is even when you do that, you don't have like a companion to do it with. I mean, it's John Wick, right? Companionship. You don't have somebody to like. No one's along for the ride with you. Yes, I'm talking like that, and everyone just looks at me, <laughs> and I just go back to my room and shut the door, basically at that point. You making any Oscar plays this weekend? Are you in the Oscar market? Oh. I don't. I that's such a good question. I wish. I yeah. have you guys seen any of these movies? I've any seen. A, I've seen a couple of them. I wanted to watch the Banshee one with Colin Farrell. I think it's on. Yeah, I heard that one was good. That yeah. one's going to win a bunch of stuff, right? Like the Banshees of Insurin. Yeah, that's called. what it yeah. is. Yeah, I wanted to right. watch that. It's on one of the streaming platforms. Is all quiet on the Western Front up for anything? Because I saw that on Netflix. Yeah, a lot. That it's was pretty good. Like everything, yeah. I think. Yeah, that was honestly. A good movie. Okay. And like, there's some. Uh, there's an actress who got nominated for best. This is like the story of the Oscars, I guess. This actress got nominated for uh, for Best Actress, obviously. and But it was, like, out of nowhere. Like, no one ever thought she would be nominated. And then it was, like, all of the actual, like, actresses and actors in the movies, like, pushed her to get nominated. Like, it was, like, this grassroots movement. I was just reading the story the other day. I wish I could remember her name. But, like, that's the only award I've heard anything about because it was just, like, very surprising mm. that she ended up getting nominated. Is, is it the gal that played Marilyn Monroe? No, but I, I think I've I think I've also read about that. that but anyway, I am the sucked. I am the worst person to ask about Oscar stuff. I just okay. like I don't watch like fancy fancy pants movies and stuff. When we just talked about my favorite movies, I didn't say <laughs> you know like Chuck a Lot or something. Well, like one of my favorite movies. So. The Oscars is yeah. The Oscars is disconnected yeah. though from the reality of movie watching for most people in America. It's like and best right, score. I, for, for a movie you've never seen, and it's like, cool, I, I'm happy for these people. I've never seen this. What's your favorite TV show, then? Ooh. Uh, that's a good... What, like, ever, or just right now? No, right now. Right now. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I just watched that was awesome. I love how this conversation is just, like, things about my day. Yeah, like, what's, what's Ken doing, What kind doing, of sandwich are you going to have in, like, an hour? What do yeah. you got? We so, like you, Ken. We want to know you. The listeners are demanding more movie opinions from Ken. Yeah. Dude is legit. Bet, text it in. I bet they are. Uh, the I just watched... Uh, Breakpoint, which is the Netflix docuseries about tennis. Okay. Um, and it's the guys who did uh, Formula One Drive to Survive, which is like a really popular show that's also very good. That producer team is starting to do all the other sports. Mm -hmm. So if you like that formula, and I can't recommend Drive to Survive enough. It's awesome. It's like the best documentary series going about sports. So it, this is Breakpoint is their take on tennis. So it's the Australian Open and French Open last year. They follow like Nick Kyrgios and Taylor Fritz and uh, Felix Ajay Aliassime, who are like all these really good tennis players and like follow them through the tournaments. And the level of access is just unbelievable. And they're going to release more parts of it. They're also doing the, if you've seen the promo for the golf oh, yeah. series that's coming out, that's that same team. So this is like Breakpoint is their tennis version 
of that. So that's okay. I would say that's the thing I've watched that I've liked the most recently. Okay. I, I, I I saw Goodwill Hunting and I watched Robin Williams as a therapist. And so my therapy sure. takeaway is you just kind of poo poo. Listeners really are like liking your movie takes. Yeah. And you sounded oh, like you were taking that as sarcasm. <laughs> People not, actually no. generally like your movie takes. <laughs> yeah, all... we should do it. Well, let's do a. Well, we're, we're already going deep. We'll do like every week. We'll try to do a. Go deep with Kevin. I mean, it can't just be any movie take, but yeah. we could. I mean, you know, we could try to figure something out. I guess <laughs> somebody texted in spray getting his anti Groundhog Day take dominated has made my morning. <laughs> well, I just I don't know how it, like you you did the classic thing of. Let me take the plot of the movie, but explain it in a way that makes it sound like the stupidest thing in the entire world. Yes, like, I did. Like I did God, do that. Like the Godfather. Yes. It's like, yeah, there's this like guy. <laughs> he does a family. For some dude. Yeah, there's like some people are getting married or something. <laughs> there's a brother uh, there. I don't know. Don't we do that? Whatever. Don't we do that to yeah. opinions we don't like? We just like poo poo them <laughs> <Right>. in a way. <laughs> but you just you framed it like, yes, that is what the movie is about. It's like, yeah, it's the guy. And he's like, he's going through the same day over and over. It's like really stupid. Like, well, okay, there's, there's kind of a lot of other things that are also going on while that's happening. Well, this is, uh, this is why my mom hated me when I, when I was growing up. Now you're kind of getting uh, a backstory. Now, we got, now, we're we're going deep. Psych- now we're doing the psychological stuff. Now we're really going deep. Now so. we're going deep with Sprague. We already went deep with Ken. Now we're going deep with Sprague. <laughs> hey, you got, any, uh, you got any gambling picks you like this weekend? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few things going on right now that I think are, 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 are pretty awesome. Uh, can I give you, I'll give you something really random. Yeah, I'll give you a couple sure. things that are really random. Uh, Ace, the ACC is the worst basketball conference like I've ever seen, basically. I mean, it's, it's just hideous. Um, but I think there are a couple teams that really long shot prices but still have a chance to win the conference. So Virginia is winning the conference right now. Like, I mean, nobody really cares about the specifics. Uh, Duke plays North Carolina this weekend. Duke will be like a five-point favorite. It's the first meeting between the teams. I still think there's a version of Duke that's awesome, and I think I'm right. And you can find them like 40 to 1 to win the ACC. They play Virginia later this year. They need to outperform Virginia if they beat them. They need to outperform them by one game and all the other games combined to tie them at the end of the season. And they're like 40 to 1, basically. So they're not, they're not the favorite. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't even be. They should probably be like 10 to 1. Um, so it's not going to happen a lot, but it's a it's a big price on a team that's usually really awesome. Okay, there you go. Insider, or, uh, he is the host of You Better You Bet, Odyssey Sports betting insider, Ken Barkley. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Going deep with Ken. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app, at Lockie Lockerson on Twitter. Look forward to chatting uh, Super Bowl with you next week. Thanks as always, man. Sounds good. Let's, let's go deep. Let's do it. Let's go deep. Go deep with Ken on a weekly basis. It's the new name of the segment, and that was a lot of fun. I hope he gets off the phone. He goes, what the hell did I just talk about for 15 minutes? Well, I think your point is valid. These guys do these hits you know, pretty regularly yeah. in different st- – he probably enjoys getting a non <laughs> – what are we talking about here? So, like, what do you think? Oregon and Arizona tonight at 7.30. Arizona's right. favored by four and a half. Who's hitting the over? I'm going to give you a hot take. Okay. And I've asked go. a question, so it's I'm including myself here. Because we went really long there. Uh, nobody cares about your gambling point on college sports. We legally cannot gamble on the sports, so what does it matter? This is valid. This is a valid argument. you got to drive up to a casino if you want to go make that thing happen. Yeah. Um, okay, I got a couple of NFL notes I would like to get to. Also, a bad sign for a sport. All of that is still to come. We're back after this on the Mistakes I've made All right, welcome back in, 822. Pete the Jailbird enjoyed that segment. Glad you did. Sprague's not back. He went to take a tinkle, and he's not back yet. A little John Daly. It's fitting for the Pebble Beach teeing off tomorrow. Today? I don't think tomorrow. he's What's in the today? field. Thursday? Today, I know he's not playing, yeah. Uh, it'll be preferred lies on one of the courses because uh, there's rain coming tomorrow and because they play three different courses. 
the conditions have to be they have to play under the same rules on sure. each course the whole time. So you see, they're changing one of the holes because Jordan Spieth nearly died last year. Yeah, they oh, moved. The the, remember the, that shot? Remember that shot? Yeah, they moved the hazard line. Which way did they move what it? What is the point of turning your mic off? Well, I had a cough. I, no, I know, oh. but mine's still on. So you hear it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I don't know what you want from me here, all right? I feel like I'm getting sick. I feel okay, but I got that, like... Oh, no. Scratchy throat thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think they moved the hazard uh, line closer to the cliff, but they grew the rough deeper so the ball wouldn't roll. (laughs) So, basically... Yeah, they're trying to. Keep he almost. From, if you haven't seen that, go. It's insane. Jordan yeah. Spieth is standing on the edge of like a 100 foot cliff. He hit an incredible shot. Jordan Spieth, but he almost died last year. Hit the greatest golf shot, and I've seen some amazing Tiger golf shots. He's got a few of them. His he, shot at the Ryder Cup a couple years back too on the, the side of the hill. Was that one? It was a tall grass. The one you're talking about? Uh, it was where the he was literally had to hit it like 10 up, feet straight up, up in the air. Yeah. And it had super long. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the shot I'm talking about. That's the greatest yeah. golf shot I've ever seen in my entire existence. And him falling down the hill, running almost yes. into the water, essentially. And it, he yeah. put it within like three feet of the pin. I don't even know how he found the golf ball, let alone hit the golf ball. And yeah. he hit it straight up it was and insane. on and rolled it within like three feet. Look at that. Golf talk, baby. Golf talk. Uh, let's make fun of Jerry Jones. That seems like a fun thing to do, doesn't it? We always enjoy making fun of Jerry Jones together. Together. Yeah. Well, he was at the Senior Bowl yesterday, and uh, he was asked about, hey, how, how come your Cowboys can't get back to the championship, Jerry? And uh, he he was answering the question, and he made a statement about the Philadelphia Eagles that has made a lot of folks do a double take, like, wait, what? Do you know how this works? So uh, he had a quote basically saying, anybody who thinks I won't take a chance, has that an okay accent? Not bad. Uh, it's, not, it's not bad. Has misread the tea leaves, but I do think longer term, and I'm real hesitant to bet it all for a year. There's a lot of things that can happen for that year. In essence, we're seeing a couple of teams, the Eagles and the Rams, that have had some real success putting it all out there and paying for it later. Now he then he goes on and on. You know, later. this is paying. You know, I, I, looking at uh, I'll put those numbers into the computer. We'll see what comes out. He actually said that in the same quote as well. Now the Rams did go all in, and they are paying for it because they traded essentially every draft pick that they had for Jalen Ramsey F-them and Stafford. Picks. Like yeah. that was their whole philosophy, and they are now paying for it. We'll see how long it takes for them to get out. Uh, people immediately pointed out about the the he put the Philadelphia Eagles in here. They empty, he said they emptied the bucket. They have an extra first-round pick this year. Yeah. Their cap space is at the average mark of the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, and they are the ninth youngest team in the NFL. Yes. <laughs> so, and 64% of the rosters in the Super Bowl are, are from draft. It's from drafting. It wasn't like they traded every draft. They traded a pick to go get A.J. Brown, and they gave him an extension. So that technically happened. They still have another first-round pick this year that I believe now has turned into the 10th overall pick in the draft because of a trade with New Orleans. And uh, people then wonder, does Jerry Jones know what the hell he's talking about? Uh, I noted this after the Niner game. (laughs) I I, I feel like he is getting pretty close to not needing to talk as much in public. He's he's seeming. Uh, and he's been there for old. ten years. No, but I, I know. nobody has any power in that organization to keep him from doing a weekly radio show yes. and all that nonsense. Swag, I, I know what you mean, but what I'm talking about is like, you know when somebody's yeah, they hit the old mark and it's just like it's different. It's not that he's just sounding off. It's that like he sounds a little old and Maybe shouldn't be at the forefront of the organization. Like, like he, hey, he's hey, there. You there? Person, TV, yeah, man, it, camera. He's yeah. one of those. There's, a, there's a lot of that energy going on. His son did an interview yesterday <laughs> and coincidentally also said something that pissed Cowboy fan off. He said, 
We were happy with Dak. We're talking about extensions with him. <laughs> you made but, the right call, Swag. What are they watching out there? You That's, made the right th- call. This is why he wants to is... win his way. This is an entirely vindictive thing against the Jimmy Johnson stuff. Go hire Mario Cristobal. How about a match made in heaven right there? Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, God, can you imagine that? How bad that would go? We want to extend him. Yeah, this this was quote tweeted a million times yesterday of like, you think the Eagles went all in because they made one trade for A.J. Brown? Yeah, because their quarterback's on a rookie contract. Yeah, that's they have a kinda, real general manager. Their owner isn't they, they general yeah, manager. Yeah, no kidding. So, man. you know, Howie Roseman's a thing, and then Jeffrey Lurie's the <laughs> owner. So it's like there's, there's actually a separation of power here. And they actually have flexibility going forward because, yeah. again, they don't have the highest cap space number in the NFL, and they have a top-ten pick in the draft. And they so don't have only a running back that they're paying $12 million to. They're only going to get better. Well, and the, yeah, and the backup is actually better than that guy that they're paying. And they have a rookie contract right now, so <laughs> that helps, man. That helps. It's a, it's that's an odd position to be taking. Oh, Jarrah, from old Jarrah Jones. Good stuff, right there. Um, okay, I want to get to one other NFL note, including uh, just asking the question, like, how is this going to work for this team? A pretty interesting comment from a head coach, and I'm wondering how we're feeling about this play. And I will get to that coming up next. Uh, bad news for a sports league. That uh, this is a troubling sign. Will it get fixed? We'll get to that coming up uh, here in a bit. But uh, all that's still to come. I got a couple more NFL notes I want to get to here, including an intervention that took place. Uh, Let's start, though, with your San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan had a season-ending press conference yesterday after their loss in the NFC title game. Mm-hmm. He was asked about the quarterback position. Remember, they were linked uh, pretty widely to old Thomas Brady coming over for one year, seeing if he can come home and win a uh, Super Bowl. That does not appear to be happening, although Tom Brady has changed his mind before about retirement. And Shanahan was asked yesterday at his press conference, like, yo, what's going to happen to quarterback? Garoppolo coming back? What, what are you going to do with the young guys? Are you going vets? And I thought it was interesting. So basically he said, Jimmy G's not coming back, not happening. They worked last, reworked the last year of his deal to make everybody happy. Couldn't find a trade partner. He got hurt. It's over. The Jimmy Garoppolo thing is done. Whole another subplot there of where does Jimmy go? Is there a fit out there? And can he be successful at the next stop? He was then also asked, like, well, do you foresee yourself going after a veteran quarterback? Because you got two young guys. One of them, actually both of them are coming off injury. Like, how do you feel about that? He said, no, we feel content with where we're at. And this, to me, will be in the entire offseason. I find it fascinating how they're going to handle this. Who gets the team? If, then a lot of this will depend on Brock Purdy's health. But John Lynch again said yesterday he felt like it'll be a six-month thing and he could be around for training camp. We'll have to wait and see on that. If they're both healthy, who do you give first-team reps to? Do you let the competition go? Is it Purdy? Is it Lance? If one struggles, do you bench the other guy? How long do you ride this out? I am fascinated with how this is going to work. Well, I mean, it's, it's going to be Lance. You think, without a doubt, it's going to be Trey Lance? Yeah. Okay. I just, I think they're at a point, maybe the Brady thing was real in the back of their minds, and then he decides to hang him up, and so they have to pivot away from that. I don't think the public would have talked about Tom Brady, even if he was available. But what they traded to go get Trey Lance, this is, you got to find it out now. It's why the Packers are probably trading Aaron Rodgers. They mm-hmm. have to find out if Jordan Love can play quarterback. And, you know, what his tendencies are, what his, you know, bad moments look like, and what his great moments look like. I think this sucks for a lot of Niner fans out there. This roster is ready-made, and a lot of these dudes' windows will not be open very long because most of them play very physical positions. Trent Williams, I know, they're wondering right now, is he going to come back? He's been playing for a long time. Mm -hmm. 
Kyle, I think, said something to the effect of he would expect the passion and the fire to kind of grow within Trent closer to camp and that he kind of thinks he'll come back. But if Trey Lance is just meh. That's like that's the part I, that I think fascinates that's, me. Like, even yeah. if you make him the day one starter, how many weeks do you get? Like, let's say it's not bad, but it's not great. And you're, you know, at 500 or maybe you get off to like a three and two start kind of thing. But he's playing, eh. Well, they're a slow starting team anyway. They were three and four this year before they, they rattled off all those wins in a row. They I were. think the year prior they did kind of the same thing. Remember, they lost that Colts game and people were like, oh my God, the Niners. Mm-hmm. And then they turned that around and got back to the NFC Championship game. So I'm not going to be surprised if they start slow. It's more of you you have to know who Trey Lance is. And I know the Brock Purdy story was was fun. There's a little more tape on the kid. And oh, by the way, he was in camp last year and did nothing to impress that coaching staff to even wonder if he should be considered the backup. He was third string. Now, I don't, I, I don't know where he'll be at in six months. Maybe he'll be ready. But I, I think it's going to be Trey Lance, and I, I think they kind of owe it to themselves to see. The problem's going to be if they're wrong, you're going to be in a really tough spot because then you, you've wasted this draft capital on getting a guy that clearly wasn't ready for the NFL. Your third-string guy, while had a good run, I don't know. I still am not convinced that's a franchise guy. Mm-hmm. And you have all these great pieces here and now that you just gave contracts to and that you hope that you can win with in the next three years. This is your window. And it 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 for that for fan bases of teams like that, it sucks when your window's open, but the most important position is the biggest question mark on the team. And it's gonna be the same thing again for them next year. Yes, it is. Maybe it's the year yes, they it figure is. it out. Maybe Lance pops, maybe Purdy's the real deal. They but they need him to pop. They're going into another year where it's the same it's gonna be the same thing. They're at an elite team, great defense, great skill position, good offensive line. Who the hell's quarterback? They're Andy Reid with the Eagles right now. <laughs> They're an amazing team. If they get back to the NFC Championship game next year, nobody's going to bat an eye at that. But they they just don't seem to have the quarterback, at least today, that makes you feel like they're going to win a Super Bowl. No, they don't. But Kyle Shanahan says we're going young, so there's a fun storyline to keep an eye on the entire offseason. Well, Jimmy G will be fascinating, too. We can talk about that whenever he does end up signing uh, in the offseason because somebody's going to go after Jimmy G. The Jets need a quarterback. The Raiders need a quarterback, potentially. Like, There's a lot of teams out there. Whoever strikes out in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes will probably pivot immediately to Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, one other note in the NFL that I find interesting, so – there was a report that came out from Andrew Marshawn of the New York Post, and they he did a podcast recently on NFL broadcasters and how the networks are feeling about it and all that. And he had two interesting things here. One was that he the, the people are now wondering aloud if CBS is regretting the contract that they gave to Tony Romo. That's how bad things are. Marshawn's reporting that CBS. He said is that he regretting. said some are wondering <laughs> if they're regretting the contract they gave to him. And according to him too, they also at some point in the last year, I think it was reported last off season, they held an intervention with Tony Romo because they were concerned with how last season ended in the playoffs, and they felt like he doesn't prepare enough, that he's not... He doesn't it it have, feels like he's cashed in right? the checks, and he's now just he's done. enjoying yeah. the money. He's playing yes. a lot of golf, and he's just going to... You know, a lot of weird noises during the broadcast. You notice he's not predicting plays anymore, too. He's been disconnected for the game another year, and yeah. he can't do it. He, he knew personnel. He knew packages because he had just walked away from football every year that goes by. It's why you don't see Aikman do it. It's why Collinsworth doesn't do it. 
And when Romo did it, it was it was cool. It was unique. We hadn't seen something like that. Here comes a run of the left, Jim. Yeah, but he and he I heard him do it a couple times this year, and he was wrong. He'd be like, I think they're going to sweep it to the right, and they would go to the left. I think the more you get disconnected from it, and the less you prepare, like I just think both things happen, and the gimmick wears off, and then what are you left with? Yeah. A lot of Jim, Jim. <laughs> The, the nature of NFL broadcast or the world of NFL broadcasting right now is fascinating because you have at Fox, Greg Olson, who is elite. I think he's great. And Tom Brady retiring now might supplant him as the number one analyst on Fox, which would be weird. And we don't even know if Brady's going to be any good. And CBS, who remember, they pushed Phil Simms out to go hire Tony Romo. Phil Simms was their dude forever. And they moved his ass back into the studio to go hire Tony Romo. And it felt like one of the greatest hires we'd ever seen for, what, a year and a half? Everybody loved Tony Romo. We loved him. We he talked about him a lot. Doing things that yeah. we hadn't seen before. You're talking about the predicting of plays. Like mm-hmm. this is Tony Romo's awesome. This is cool. He brings energy. He brings youth. He's fresh off the field. That usually doesn't work. And in, in the Marshawn uh, uh, podcast, they, they they connected him to Jason Witten. Like, is he the new Jason Witten? Oh, come on. That it was an immediate like, all right, this is going to be a home run. Jason Witten's going to be a, a great broadcaster. And two years later, like, oh my God, we made a grave mistake. Please go play football again. I don't think he's as bad as Jason Witten. Witten wasn't good in the first year. Yeah, we he knew never that had thing the was a bad idea. He never had the one good year. No. What made you wonder aloud? Uh, but I do find it interesting that you now have one of the major networks saying we don't know about our guy, and another one who knows about their guy might be pushing him out because they gave Tom Brady four hundred million. Well, here's the other part. I, I'm kind of glad you brought up the broadcasting thing. Isn't it odd to you that Brady now, who's officially retired, at least yeah. according to him, is it not odd that they're not pushing or forcing him to do any Super Bowl coverage like whatsoever? Has that been reported? He's not going to be no, there? He, Fox has already said he's not going to be part of the Super Bowl coverage. Interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. You have to do 375. You don't even want to see what he's like just as a studio analyst. <laughs> Like they hired Gronk this year, and I I don't I don't watch all the pregame every week, uh-huh. but I I would put on Fox and CBS from time to time, like last twenty minutes, thirty minutes before the kickoffs. Gronk was awful. Gronk the Gronk thing is wore off. It's it was a novelty thing that was I'm brilliant, I'm wild, I'm wacky, and zany, and it's like yeah, if it's, I see one of more of those USAA commercials, geez, I'm gonna rip my They're TV so off the wall. <laughs> They're so, so bad. I'm glad service members get good insurance. Yeah, me now too. take him off my television, please. <laughs> please. Right. Um, maybe get somebody that's actually got a service member fan. Because his thing is like, I'm not part of the service, yeah. you know. I have nobody serve. Well, you can't. Why can't I get it? Yeah, you can't have like a real military, like a new a real soldier be a part of these things. But um, hero, yeah. I just, I, I, find that, I find that odd. They're going to bump Greg Olson, who had a great year. And they're going to put Tom Brady in at number one. And they're not even going to try to trot him out just to see what he's like talking about football. We've seen him at podiums. We've heard him in interviews. I, I don't know if Tom Brady's good at talking about the sport. We have no clue. Dan Marino wasn't, right? Even Shannon Sharp, I know he's doing the Skip Bayless thing. He got fired from CBS. Yeah. It's just because you played it and you were great. It's a different animal, man. It doesn't mean you're good or you're entertaining or that you, you're knowledgeable in terms of the way you explain the sport. And so like, I, I would just imagine Fox would want to see if he's good, and they're not. They're not even pushing for it. So. Yeah, I think Fox eventually, if he's not good in the booth, they'll push him back to the to the studio. I Somebody texted in, can we stop forcing 23 people in each of these pregame and halftime yeah, crews? Yeah, I mean, it's amen just, to that. Like, what are we doing here? It's just it's over overcrowded. There's not any kind of unique or individual takes. It's just a lot of the same stuff week in and week out. It's a go-around. It's, hey, Dirt, what's your take? Okay, yep. go. Swag, what's your take? Okay, go. And, like, 
You just right, go in order down the line. The game, yeah. And it's funny because I think for a lot of football fans, I don't pay much attention to broadcasters or halftime pregame shows. During, I don't pay any of it, really, during, any attention to it during the regular season because I'm a red zone viewer. And so when you're watching a broadcast, with, I mean, you just get a snippet here. Like, you'll hear two minutes of Tony Romo here, and then they're going to cut away to another game. I'm not hearing him call an entire game. You're just hearing him from moment to moment. And the same thing goes with studio shows. Like, I don't watch. Do you guys wake up early enough Sunday to watch a you know Fox or CBS pregame show? Because I don't. The only time I ever do it is during the playoffs because you're sitting around, you're waiting for the playoff game to start. It's like 1 o'clock, the game starts at one thirty. It's like, all right, I'm just ready, and you turn on the channel, yeah. and you end up catching no, 20 usually, minutes of it. Uh, I usually wake up that, I mean, if I, I mean, sleep I'm awake. in. You're not awake what by you, 9.30? You're not awake? You're rolling out at 9.45? You sleep in like that? No, I'm not saying I'm not awake. I'm just oh. saying I'm getting other things done. I'm not turning yeah. on a pregame show. I'll usually, I will turn on the red zone countdown clock. Starting before the I like game the five minute countdown. I turn I, and they got music playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. I'll turn that on at like nine fifteen. Well, I saw it a couple times. That's what I just said. Like I, I've, I've seen it a couple times. I saw, I've seen it during the playoff games, and I just, I'm kind of like, meh. It doesn't, it doesn't really do a whole lot for me as a sports fan. Yeah, to be honest with you. Well, I just, yeah, it's interesting because they're gonna Fox is gonna go Brady, but to your point, he's not gonna be around the Super Bowl, and you only get a Super Bowl once every handful of years. So they're not their rotation will come up with the Super Bowl again for a while. Because you got to give one NBC, uh, then CBS is going to get in the mix, and ESPN and ABC eventually they're jumping in too. I think in the next couple of years. Who has the best pregame crew to you? If you had to pick one, probably CBS. You think it's CBS? So it's Burleson, Cower, uh, JB, and Sims. Yeah. Oh, and Boomer too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's probably it for me. Okay, that's better than you like it better than Fox's. Yeah, I think Fox is in last place. I think oh, ES- NBC's in last place. You think NBC's in last Jason place? Jason yeah. Garrett and and Tony, Tony Dungy. Dungy. And I mean, who do you get on Fox? The just- Clapper and Cat Litter Boy. <laughs> he likes. The, I hair. mean, Fox has too many. I mean, they all have too many people. I, I Terry Bradshaw's getting old, yeah. but um, but I do like Jimmy Johnson. I do like Howie. I like Howie. Strahan's I like, I like okay. Strahan. I think yeah. Strahan's okay. I, Gronk was unnecessary. You're adding too many bodies at that <laughs> yeah. point. Do you do the ES- the ESPN one is. Kind of flies under the radar because I know Susie, they don't do uh, RG3. No, it's, it's Sam. No, that's Monday Night Countdown. Oh, I'm just thinking Monday Night Countdown, yeah. The Sunday morning one is Sam Ponder, Rex Ryan, Hasselbeck, Hasselbeck oh, okay. Randy, yeah. Moss, Randy Moss, and yeah. I forget who. I listen to them sometimes. I, I, I like okay. that crew. The problem is they don't have a game. Yeah, so you got to change. It's so you got to like go out and seek ESPN versus like if you're going to watch a single game, you go to CBS, you go to Fox, or I don't know, maybe people do the countdown clock. I, I think NBC's is the worst. Hmm. Well, it is a Fox Super Bowl. Brady will not be there, but they are going to pay him $400 million to at some point commentate on the NFL. And CBS reportedly concerned with Tony Romo that they had an intervention last summer, and now we see where that goes from here. I said this when they signed the deal. I'm going to say it again. I'm still not convinced that contract's getting paid out. I won't be shocked if they part ways or they never do it. Yeah, for Brady and Fox. Yeah, I, I just, he's never done that. And I'm not saying he won't be good. Maybe he'll be really good, but... I don't know, man. I think that was just like, hey, let's make a big splash. That's a huge splash. Now it's time to actually do it. You know, if Brady's going to try to either rekindle his family or devote time to like, he's just, you're doing the same thing. I know play-by-play isn't necessarily in the film room Mm -hmm. from 4 a.m. to 8 p.m. And you're not on the road as much, but like you're still on the road three, four days a week. You still got to watch some film because you got to talk about the games. Like you're just, you're just taking down the the career as a player and you're making it a little shorter, but you're still basically away 
It's a that's a tough job, man. That's a lot of time commitment. A lot of time commitment. Hey, let's get to a troubling sign for one sport, and I'll let you know what's ahead on the night in uh, in, in sports. We'll close it up next. Smash, bang, you gotta hit the ball. Hey, speaking of uh, Ricky Fowler, he's kind of back. Have you seen Ricky Fowler's back? Yeah, he was up uh, in the last tournament, like near the top of the leaderboard. That's two. He's playing better. Uh, Ricky's back, baby. Uh, I can't wait for everybody to start picking him again in the major championships like they did for a decade just to be disappointed. <laughs> hey, he was in the final group a couple of times. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, rough news for baseball the other day. As spring training is right around the corner, pitchers and catchers are reporting. Everybody's mm-hmm. getting excited. Yeah. Hope spring's eternal. Uh, at the last second, out of nowhere, YouTube TV just dropped MLB Network. <laughs> Who does hope not spring eternal for right now, though? The Pirates? Uh, the Pirates. Reds. Reds. Tigers. Hmm. Diamondbacks. Know. i got to admit, I don't know much about the Tigers. Probably the Giants, no offense. Hey, hey, we're ready to go, man. Nationals probably won't win this year. We had a great offseason. Marlins are going to be terrible. Let's see who else. Probably. Can- Although the Marlins at least got the Cy Young Award winner. Kansas City, Oakland. Probably yeah, no Oakland. hope springing eternal. Yeah. Washington has totally teared everything down. The Dodgers. Do- yeah, I mean, they're going to lose again. They can't win a wor- uh, win a yeah. real World Series. The Rockies. Yeah. The Rockies. Oh, the Rockies for Rockies sure. Definitely not having any hope springing eternal. The Mets will start out good, but then their spring <laughs> will come to a collapse, just like it does every year. This was funny. So YouTube TV, I don't, I'm a, still a cable guy. I'm not a streamer, but a lot of people had the dream of streaming packages. Like this is the way of the future. And a lot of folks join YouTube TV because sports packages was a big part of what they were offering you. And uh, out of nowhere, they just said, nah, we're not going to carry the MLB network anymore. They released a statement basically saying in two hours, the MLB network will be off of our, our, our packages out. You know, users are outraged. who like baseball. They're saying, all right, am I going to see a, you know, $2 a month decrease in my monthly bill now that you're not providing the MLB network. We all know the answer to that question is no, nope. you're not going to. And uh, it just sucks, man. It felt like for a while streaming maybe was the way of the future. And now it, it feels the same as you know, no different than a dish or a cable thing where they can p- pick and choose when channels are going to come and go. We still never got a direct TV Pac-12 network deal. Like this is the same thing. Cable oh. providers go through that. Unfortunately, sports fans, it feels like they're holding the short end of the stick. Yeah. But it, streaming is the future though. I mean, is it, are we, are we hundred percent certain about that? Yeah. I think with, with, uh, yeah, Hulu and Peacock and Netflix and HBO max and uh, Paramount, you don't think it is. I I don't maybe for general TV viewing, but for sports, I don't know if it is. No, that the tough thing with sports, and this is part of the reason I because I had YouTube TV. I loved YouTube TV personally. I think the the interface is great. It's it's very easy to navigate. It, mm-hmm. it felt the most like cable. The problem was they didn't give root, um, so I, I I couldn't keep it. I right, had watch Blazer watch, games. Can't watch Blazer games. If there was a world where they got some of that stuff, I I could see myself going back to it. Um, Cable's been great. I have no problem with cable, but yeah, that's interesting. You don't think streaming is still the future? I think it is for non. I think there's two different umbrellas here. I think there's the non-sports fan that undoubtedly streaming is the way to go because you get better access to shows, movies, no commercials, like all that stuff is great. But I do think there's a different category for sports fans that Hmm. it's. Yeah, it's I don't challenging know. to encapsulate there all of it. There needs to be. I think eventually it's yeah. all going to go all a cart. I think that's how sports will be broken up. So the technology needs to be. How do I have? Because people have these giant TVs now, or they're having multiple TVs. They want to get game, 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 game. Skip the commercials. I want to flip over and here, and you cannot do that swiftly 
with the streaming services the way they are. You have to back out of it. You have to go into the other service. You have to do all that. There needs to be some sort of, and I don't know where that technology comes from, but you uh, sports fans want it like a like you're going to Vegas and sitting in the sports books with all the things up, and you can just move it around instantaneously. You want it like cable. You know yes. your channel's on cable, so you type in the number instead of using the guide. YouTube right. TV was the closest. Again, without channel numbers, you'd have to go back to the guide. But even right now, even the way it's set up, like I have Comcast and Xfinity, I can't, it's not an instantaneous. You have to, it's through the cloud, it's through the internet, so you get the little wheel, and it takes... Okay. Way too long to get from one channel to what the other. What internet do you have? I just hit last <laughs> and it goes back to the channel. Yes, and it's not instantaneous. Oh, I don't have that problem. Uh, the other point I would uh, kind of counter to what you're saying, sports fans specifically, mm -hmm. I just don't know if that's true anymore. Um, we mentioned baseball, right? We all have a baseball interest. We have teams, but it's a different level of baseball interest. Mm -hmm. If the Braves are not good, I'm sorry, you're not getting me for 162 games, and I largely won't watch much baseball. I think there's far more people that care about their two, their one or two sports, and most of those sports can be seen on streaming platforms. Like, if you're a diehard football fan, you just get the Red Zone channel on YouTube TV and you call it good. Yeah. And then you don't care about the MLB Network, you don't care about the NHL, you don't care about basketball. Sure. I think there's a lot more of those people than there are guys who want to watch or, or women who want to watch like three or four different sports. Yeah, I saw that. Not good news for baseball. Pitchers and catchers are reporting, and one of the biggest streaming providers out there has dropped your network. So that's not good. But if, if this is a problem for you, you'd be an extra innings person. Why would you just not get the package and you don't have to worry about well, it? Well, a lot of baseball fans like watching the MLB Network. Hmm. Just like people, you know, a lot of NFL fans, just turn you turn on the NFL Network to watch their shows and you like their programming. It's not necessarily about watching games. But you want as much exposure as you can get. Baseball can use all of it, and right now they're not going to get it on YouTube TV. Uh, doubleheader on TNT tonight, Grizzlies and Cavs, followed by Clippers and Bucks. That'll be a fun game. Well, I mean, that's two uh, Grizzlies and Cavs are two teams struggling right now. They are. Not Need playing as well. Portland beat Memphis last night. We talked a lot about that earlier today. So uh, there you go. If you missed any of the show, go check the podcast, 1080thefan.com, after it's break. And at 1080 The Fan, we went deep with Ken Barkley talking about movies. We had Chad Brown on, former Seahawk, former Colorado Buffalo. Tomorrow, K.J. Wright's going to join us yep. for the Daily Ticker at 730, front of the show, former Seahawk as well. So uh, thank you for being a part of our Thursday, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Colin is next. You're listening to 1080 The Fan.